Good morning. Thank you for being with us. For this practice of being aware of awareness. Good to be with you all this morning. So as we begin, perhaps we see if it's available to notice. Whether we're looking from the thoughts, from the, the mental chatter, from the movement of mind, or whether we're looking at it, listening to it. instead of looking from it. For me, if there's a, a tension in the body, that kind of nagging sense of uncomfortableness, any sense of constriction, that's a clue that there are maybe thoughts present that I'm not present to. I may be looking from those thoughts instead of looking at them, looking from that mind instead of looking at the mind from which the thoughts arise. So with me, in any case, the next thing mind will do is kind of say, well, what do I do? What do I do? And, th and there's a immediate uh, movement to do, which invariably means, what can I fix? What can I push away? What can I push down? How is it that I can evict this interloper? And of course we know that's the telltale sign of mind. The underlying sense that things should be different. 
different than they are right now. Can we notice whether there's, whether there's a willingness to notice that that's what's playing right now? A desire that things be different, that things feel different, seem different. That this moment be pushed away in favor of what is certain to be a better one. At least that's what mine says. A different moment would be better than this one. So let's, so the logic goes, internally divide ourselves, giving a tiny bit of attention to what is and a whole lot more attention to imagination. Thoughts that portend to tell us how it would feel if things were different. Can we notice whether there's the willingness to notice that? To just notice the overt or more subtle movements of mind. Said another way, is there any pushing away energy present right now? Any, oh God, not this again, energy. And, and maybe there's not any of that energy. Maybe there's a kind of a wide open, present feeling. And then we would check to see if there's any sense of clinging to that. God, I hope this stays. Thank God it's finally here. What took it so long? I bet it's gonna go soon. Mind's job, apparently, is to notice something 
any aspect of ourselves or our lives, the world that shouldn't be, and to generate thoughts about it. That's what mine does. It's just like, it's like a woodpecker on a tree. It just finds a start, finds a spot and starts to peck. And the opportunity is to notice whether the looking is from that pecking or at that pecking, that process, that movement, that mechanistic structure. that is made up fundamentally of one energy, which is resistance to the present moment and everything in it just like it is. Is there a willingness to feel the resistance, the egoic resistance to life as it is? Can we fall back and let it have its say? Just another way of saying, can we be with what is right now, exactly as it is, including resistance, body contractions, pain, waves of emotion, torrents of thoughts,
and we, awareness, offer no resistance to the egoic movement of resistance. Allowing to come what comes, to be what is, dissolve away that whose time it is to dissolve away. That could be said to be being aware of the awareness that we are. that which notices resistance. But offers no resistance to it. And ultimately, it's actually only the mind that makes distinctions, such as wanted and not wanted. As Ramana Maharshi said, the self is all there is. 
when unlimited, it is the absolute. When limited, it is the ego. So whatever is being experienced, is the energy of the self. In whatever way, whatever shape, whatever form, or whatever shapeless, whatever formless way it is expressing. The true self is that which gives life to life. causes life to unfold. To expand, to contract. To have both the experience of peace and the experience of despair. to experience victory, to experience defeat. All life unfolding. And the opportunity here is to be knowingly aware that while sometimes very strong energies come it is only our resistance to them that creates the suffering. In and of themselves, they are energy, energetic arisings. Mind very quickly labels and sorts, prefers, and pushes against. Ultimately, none of those energies have ever affected the awareness in which they arise, the awareness to which they arise, and by which they are known. The awareness stays open, centered, spacious, this formless, silent, peaceful observing.
observing the sounds, the forms, the disharmony. And by intending to notice that we awareness only have one true position, which is watching. Observing. Witnessing. And for me, sometimes attention will peel off what it's riveted on and kind of fall back into that background of awareness. And I can really see in my direct experience that I'm looking from that unaffectedness, the reality of what is, looking at what is. And other times, for whatever reason, for however long, attention stays riveted to the foreground, to the changeful. To that which is not real, meaning only that it is, it is temporary. It has not been here forever. It is not in the same state or condition at all times, places, under all circumstances. It is the unreal, the temporary, the changeful. So there comes a point where saying that we're going to allow the changeful to do its changeful thing doesn't really make much sense because the changeful is already doing its changeful thing. It's not awaiting our permission or our consent. But sometimes it's a helpful bridge identity to be the allower. To more actively intend acceptance. But in the end, it is revealed that we are only accepting what already is. And what already is did not await our acceptance to make its entrance. 
So then we notice that. So we can circle right back to the inquiry we started with. Is looking happening from mind? Or looking at mind? Thank you. 
when we're looking from mind, there's the, a, usually a tightness, a, kind of a, a sense of a little claustrophobic. It's just a little tight. It's constricted. And when we're looking at mind, there's a there's a freedom to notice that mind does whatever it does. That we were never in charge of it. Now, we were never the teacher trying to get all the kids to sit down and pay attention. Stop talking all at the same time. It's just not our job. And it's certainly not in our control. So it's ironic that it is in seeing the powerlessness that true witnessing can be inhabited. The powerlessness inherent in being undefended against everything that arises. is the sacred ground of freedom.
being with what is, as it is. Knowingly aware. that we are not looking at awareness. We are always looking from it. Sometimes with a filter which imagines it to be limited. The incredible thing about awareness is we can look from it and in a sense use it to look at itself. Awareness is self-aware. It can be confirmed that everything that is known arises in awareness. And what is it that knows that? the awareness from which looking is happening. And if there's a sense of a you, a personal self, that is like musing awareness or has as one of its capacities awareness, if that's the sense, there's a you that's looking at awareness. Then Take the imagined independent power of the you and stop awareness for a moment. If you're the one that has it, if it's kind of a subset of you, pause awareness, mute it. Turn the volume either up or down. 
if awareness is yours, then you should be able to control it, have some dominion over it, some sovereignty. And what we can know in our direct experience is that there is no me that has control over awareness. That there is awareness, aware of a sense of me. Awareness is primary. The sense of me is known in awareness, known by awareness. Expands and contracts, sometimes very, very prominent, other times whisper thin or non-existent. Awareness is what we are. A sense of me is what we're aware of. And even on a fairly cursory inspection. If we notice that sense of me and look for it, where is the me? And we scan the body as we did on Monday when we read Helen Hamilton's chapter from Dissolving the Ego on Self-Inquiry. like scan from the feet and the shins to the knees and the thighs. We look for a me there. We don't find one. We check our waist and our trunk, our bellies, our chests, our ribs, up to the shoulders, all around the heart. We just look with that inner flashlight of attention. We don't find a separate me. Up to the neck, the right arm, the left arm, down to the hands, back up to the neck. I just look for that me. There's a sense of me here, that's for sure. But we're inquiring to see if we can locate this me, if we can find it. The jaw, the mouth, 
the nose, the cheeks, the ears, the eyes, behind the eyes, the forehead, the back of the head, the top of the head. Looking to see if this sense of me is actually an object that's locatable. And we find no independent entity called me, called Anne, called you. but we don't find nothing at all. We find open, spacious, alive, formless awareness. Not just aliveness, not just that vital life flow, but sentience. Knowing, awareness. And that awareness is aware to it all. That awareness welcomes everything. That awareness doesn't have a gatekeeper. Nothing seeks permission before entering awareness. Awareness is truly the formless, boundless field in which life explodes into manifestation and dissolves back out. Just like the crickets and the cicadas. And awareness watches it all. And we can look right at this awareness, from this awareness, in this awareness. And we can undertake an investigation to see if we can find a limit. At its core, the egoic movement Our energetic arising, thoughts and feelings, notions, perception, which imagine we are limited. 
We are separate. Therefore, we are vulnerable. In need of defense or shoring up. We can look right at this awareness. See if we can find a boundary. A border. Partition, any demarcation. The way I've heard Francis Lucille articulate the inquiry is. Can you find any evidence that you awareness are limited? Any evidence of limitation? Of course, that, that inquiry is not posed to mind, not looking for a concept or a teaching. It's the felt sense. It's the looking. It's the discovery. It's empirically investigating. Can we find a uh, a limitation to this awareness that we're looking right at, looking from, and looking with.
That of which we can say, we cannot find a limit. There's no beginning that can be found, no ending point. Is it not then confirmed in our direct experience to be infinite? So are you looking at infinity? Or from infinity? Or both? And if you are looking at infinity, from infinity, what must you be?
For me, often mind is very uncomfortable with the question, with the inquiry. And it can be noticed very quickly that that uncomfortableness has no effect. on the infinite presence in which it arises and by which it is witnessed as David Hemphill said plenty of room here for all of it Plenty of space. For every single iteration of energy. That arises. In the manifestation. in the play of consciousness. In the total freedom of creation. To create and create and create. the infinite flow of what is, arising in what is, and known by what is.
And that brings us to the end of our hour.